beer in, beer in space, you know, what better place, you know? So That's right, absolutely. Hey, though, if, they, if I went to Mars, you know, there'll be a brewery on that friggin' spaceship. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a That's cafe. Been three months dry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, no. Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general episode 45 with a very special guest welcome back to the podcast john harris of ecliptic brewing welcome back again it's been a while so we've been through a pandemic since last time so. yeah. yeah yeah yes lot, we have a lot of different changes pandemic yeah. and uh yeah it was i think i looked today it was february of 2019 when we last uh interviewed you on eclipse on tap and um yeah so it's been a while probably about 70 degrees warmer here today yeah 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 yeah. yeah it was pretty uh icy and snowy that day i recall so but welcome back we're very very uh, grateful to have you on um and, and looking forward to talking space and beer and everything else so first off um i saw you you had a beer what are you drinking um this is um a draft version of a, a rotating ipa series we call uh that it's called Vega IPA. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're very familiar. familiar. Of Love course, it. very you know named after the brightest star in Northern Hemisphere. Um, yeah. This is Vega number uh, number eleven. Um, we've, we we were putting all this thing everything on the bottom and it was getting lost and people didn't know they had to flip the cans. So we started putting stickers on it now that identify the hops and identify the batch. Um, but this is number eleven and this one features a bunch of New Zealand hops. New Zealand 107, Raku, and Dr. Rudy. Um, so it's got a really just kind of sick tropical dankness to it. It's pretty tasty. Yep. Sounds amazing. I can't remember. Is, I should probably send you some now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. We, another we would love water. that. Yeah. Is the uh, is the Vega 11, is that the newest one you said? The most recent? Yeah, it came out about, uh, I think a week ago Friday, this Friday. Awesome. Nice. Oh, okay. I know we've had several, uh, or many, I think we've had like five different Vegas, um, and they're, they're all phenomenal. Yeah. We were just talking, Dave, we're, we recorded at David's condo and he's got, uh, he kept all the cosmic collab bottles, yeah, all the, all, all the, the bottles. bottles. Yeah, yeah. All the, uh, cosmic collaboration bottles are, uh, on my windowsill. So <laughs> oh, cool. yeah, just on display. So. Yeah, so um, we are drinking. We wish we were drinking an ecliptic beer, but we drank it all. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, delicious. So we're drinking. What was this one called? It's called Dream Universe Number Seven Five Five Hazy IPA by. I think it was a collab. Blackstack collaboration. Yeah, Blackstack Brewing. And so. uh, I can't see it. My eyes. Uh, Fair State Brewing. Okay, oh, so okay. A collab. Yeah. I can't recall where you guys. Where are you right now? What, what, what country are you in? We're in. <laughs> we're on planet Earth. Planet Earth, United States. <laughs> we're on planet States. Earth. Yeah. Um, um, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Michigan. That's right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. So we're not too far. Uh, we're only about 50 miles north of Kalamazoo and at Bell's. And I know you guys did a collaboration recent or fairly recently, right? Maybe a year or so ago with them for a. Yeah, that would have been uh, 2019. Yeah. 19. 19. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, when we I remember when we saw that one, uh, we were pretty pumped because Bell's, of course, is a fixture over here on our side of the, on our side of the world, um, and it was really cool to see 
two of our favorites get together for a project like that. So, yeah. No, it was awesome. I mean, I was really looking forward to last year. It was supposed to come out for, it's what, the 35th anniversary last year or something like that? Yeah. 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 And I guess it sounds like we're coming out for 37, it looks like. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. When things settle down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I had a really good time coming out there for the 30th. It was a, it was a very whirlwind weekend. I mean, it was. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. We packed yeah. a lot of fun into the, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. When you yeah. did your collab with them, was that up at Bell's or was that done out in Portland? No, it was, it was out here. It was part of my, uh, we had turned five and in, in celebration of turning five, we I did the five years for five, five beers for five years collaboration series. So okay. they were one of the five breweries we worked with between Brooklyn and Firestone and Breakside and um, uh, Bells and then uh, Russian River. So uh, okay, pulled out my old, my old brewing buddies all agreed to collab with me that year. So nice. That's awesome. Then we brought in, um, the young guard out here, Ben from Breakside, who's just making awesome beer. Um, we want to do one of the local people too that I really respect what they're doing as a brewery. They're just making awesome beer. So it was fun to work with them for sure for that celebration. And I guess I'll do 10 years for 10 beer, 10 beers for 10 years. So I got <laughs> two more years, two and a half more years. I have to worry about that. So we better start planning yeah. now though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We did notice that um, the more local or the more recent uh, Cosmic Collabs were with more local uh, brewers in the Portland area. I think the last one we had was the one with Von Ebert, uh, yep. the Meyer Lemon. Yep. Right. That, yeah. That was a really we good one. We were trying lineup. to make a super dry beer, and we did. <laughs> yeah, it we was, noticed yeah. that. It was it was almost like a like kind of like a, a wine almost, like very, very dry and in a great way because we're so used to sours being so like almost overly sweet. And that one had a little tartness that was just unique in that way. It was really good. We enjoyed it on a hot uh, spring day. Yeah. Yeah. The um, you guys, you guys get our media samples, and I imagine. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, that was that was a fun beer. Um, we just uh, we, didn't, we decided we didn't want to do an IPA. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The sours have been popular lately. I feel like all of the the Michigan-based brewers um, have really started dabbling in sours where i feel like two three years ago you really didn't see that very much yeah i mean we were i mean the aforementioned breakside had brought a passion fruit sour out early on and we've been doing our karina and then tucana and sours peach and peach and uh, tangerine we make those year-round but not a whole lot of breweries out here do we actually year-round sour we're one of the only ones that yeah keep it going all the time yeah yeah there's a peach shortage is there oh, really? Is there really? Yeah. Oh, I guess the Suez Canal did something to something, and uh, uh, and like some some peach. Oh, I don't know. Just just peach shortage. <laughs> there's, there's all sorts of shortages right now. We make a year-round peach beer. We need peach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know people in Georgia. We'll hook you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like we're right. I guess we're right before the crop comes in, and so it's like you know just the supplies just get a little tight. So. Yeah. But yeah, we use puree. We're not gonna pit and yeah, that's a little meticulous. <laughs> yeah. we did, we, well, we did that for the for the breakside collaboration I talked about. The five years we did a nectarine sour, and we actually you know got real fresh fruit and oh, man. got about five of us on a Saturday. And like, okay, here we go. Oh man, <laughs> you know? oh, man. Just, that's tedious work. You know, yeah, it was really it was it, it was great, but a lot of yeah. Work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure uh, uh, 
many a tasty beer were were had while whilst pitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but you were talking too about the um coming up on 10 years and we saw recently that you just brewed your 5000th batch. So congratulations at Ecliptic, right? Yeah, 5000 batch 5000, yeah. That's 5000 in in 8 years. That's insane. Well, not quite 8 years, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well October, so we got what 3 months, I guess. Yeah. Still. Still, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Quite the accomplishment. I'm sure that was. Yeah, what's funny is that like, for three, you know, the first three and a half years or four and a half years were on the 15 barrel system, and this is on the 30 barrel system. So, if we had just stayed on the 15, we'd be way past that by now. Um, wow. But uh, it's just a 15th, you know, numbered batch from the beginning, and I, somehow I didn't. I missed 1,000 and 2,000 and 3,000 and 4,000, or I just we were too busy, or then I. Saw a picture of Bell's three thousand or something. I was like, "Oh shit, we should." Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, you can. That's all you want. You can absolutely. Yeah. It's not the FCC. So. No. Yeah. I was like, "Oh man, five thousand. So he, I said, "Look, so we were we were marching towards this date for about four months. We were just tracking, and eventually it happened. And we brewed a uh, basically a golden barley wine, and it's going to age in gin barrels. Um, and then uh, we'll bring it out probably later this year." Um, it'll just be called 5,000, you know. Nice. The 5,000th sun or so. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very spacey, but we've got to get a bit more spacey, I guess. But um, Yeah. Barley wine aged in gin. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so it should be pretty fun. I'm a, I'm a big gin head. I love gin. Yeah. And uh, Have you brewed? I mean, in a pandemic, so you spend a long time tasting lots of different gins and learning more about <laughs> gin. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so it's, um, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's a lot of brewing. I mean... Of course, I can't say I brewed all those batches. My team did, but um, well, yeah. it, was, it was really fun. All the brewers were stoked and actually mashed in and <laughs> actually worked as a brewer for a short time. So uh, Awesome. You, I don't get a chance to do that as much as I'd like, but yeah, no, it's fun though. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And, and uh, yeah, so I just have to get some more gin barrels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know anybody. <laughs> is there? Uh, I don't know. Is, we got we have a few, but we need about about six more. But they should they should become available in early July. The guy said so. We'll just let it sit in the tank, then we'll move it in the barrel, and then we'll just. Tr- the thing with gin is you got to track it. You got to, you know, it can get away from you pretty fast if you just ignore it, especially in summertime. The heat comes in, so. Right. We we did, we did a batch of, of an old IPA of ours, Orbiter, and and gin barrel. It was really good, and then we put more in the barrel. Cause you can get more than one run through it and uh, kind of like forgot it over the summer. And by the time we found it, it was just like, Oh, you know? <laughs> over extracted. Let's say it was over extracted. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad, but like the, you know, the wood and the gin and it was just like the, the beer was gone. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it, it'll um, melt your eyebrows off <laughs> drinking that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And, uh, and and also another big milestone we saw recently from from you guys was the announcement of the moon room. All right, yeah. I actually have a good friend that lives in Portland, and uh, he was pretty pumped to see that on the Instagram page. So, uh, what are is that going to be a summer thing? Yeah, we're um, we acquired the uh, the the base camp where we decided to just not reopen after COVID, and um, so we leased their building and equipment. And so we, um, we're just waiting for some more licensing from our, we got our federal license. Uh, we just need our state and our, you know, the health department eggs. So we're close to being able to brew there probably hopefully by July one at the latest. Um, and then, um, 
start making a we're gonna really focus on a new beer there we just came out with actually last week last last friday we canned it last friday for the first time it's uh texas pilsner named after the small constellation of the southern hemisphere and um so this is nice. brand new nice and so uh, that brewery over there was set up a lot of uh horizontal lot green tanks and so it's, a lot, it's got quite a bit of capacity already i mean it's like seven to ten thousand barrel capacity just right now so wow, wow. we're going to focus on making this new pilsner over there and then um um other beers too for sure just to stretch our capacity but and then we'll have a you know a small pub um it's about inside's about half the size of this one here um but outside's about equal about the same size and um we'll have uh there's no real room for a kitchen so we're gonna do a, a food trailer oh <laughs> awesome. there you go that'll <laughs> be, be kind that. of a kind of a different concept you know like we'll have be more like sandwichy less uh less entree stuff stuff you would expect like order out of a food 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 trailer or food truck what do you want to call it it can't yeah. drive itself yeah. so it's not you know, sounds a lot like yeah. devant broadleaf theory. yeah they're, yeah they're set yeah. up yeah they've got they've got a uh their main brewery brewery devant was a uh an old chapel and um a little bit more high-end cuisine and then they opened up a second location really just for the storage and then um ended up deciding to brew and they op- they've, they've got uh, some like shipping crates in it or containers in it so it's kind of like food truck style where you go up to the shipping container get your beer and uh or your dinner that kind of thing That's yeah. Cool. yeah yeah so it's like a, a yin yang type deal like that it's they they've likened it to their uh their main brewery and then the this other one is their weird cousin <laughs> they, they go off for like the more uh, uh off the wall beer so but it, it is it is super cool that, to know that you guys are expanding in that way and that there will be you know maybe a little bit of a different vibe there i think that that'll be awesome we're we're one thing we hopefully things continue to settle down because we really want to come take a visit yeah um yeah we've been yeah, you you're just talking about your uh, your your kitchen and all that, and some of the food you guys post. Oh man, I I want to get out there so bad and and have a burger at your uh, at your place. I mean that just would be great just to sit on the patio and um, yeah, sample some beers and hopefully soon. Yeah, the Burger Tuesdays. Yeah, we, Burger Thursday these days. Oh Thursdays, yeah. Sorry. Well, we were we've been closed. Um, all day Monday and half day Tuesday lately, so we moved the burgers to Thursday. Oh, okay, so it did get moved. Just uh, honestly, because we can't get staff. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just that that tight for, um, you know, just we're fighting the the extra unemployment money. Um, the federal government's coming, and a lot of people are like, "I'm cool." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a weird time for that right now uh, across the board it's a strange time but hopefully things continue to wind in the right direction and we can get out to see to see you guys soon something that we've wanted to do really ever since uh, David and I met with you the first time and then obviously so David and Nathan are brothers um, so Nathan is obviously the first time we spoke um, Nathan wasn't wasn't with us and then I'm the brother-in-law in the situation here so now we've got the trifecta and we've grown. <laughs> so things have changed for us too. We've actually kind of expanded on our equipment a little bit, obviously brought Nathan on and um, it's just been fun to, to like see how we've evolved too. Like when, when, when it was just David and I, you know, we were still kind of like getting our feet wet with recording on a mic and all that sort of thing. So it's been fun. Um, but I'm glad to hear you guys are doing really well uh, as well. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's going fine. It's just, uh, you know, a little stressful here and there, but you know, I don't know. It's, it's easier. It's easier to open this new place. Well, a the brewery's already installed, so you don't have to worry about all that. 
Um, but also I got a lot more people. It was not just me yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> working yeah. here, you know, it's so exactly yeah. 58 people again now. So, nice, um, yeah. so it's, you know, we're back, we're getting, we're inching back to our pre pandemic number, which yeah. was about 62, I think. Okay. So, um, good. But yeah, I know it's, uh, we got lots of, um, yeah, we got some fun beers and just, you know, um, yeah, it's, you're just kind of reeling with it and trying to figure out, you know, who's going to work at the other place and who wants to work at the other place, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's ready for a change of scenery, maybe? Yeah, so uh, well, this guy, Joe, Joe, he's going to, he's already over there doing some super cleaning and stuff, and he'll be brewing over there. And um, yeah, we're still working out all the details, but we'll be a couple, we'll have a, at least a, you know, you know, three people for sure on site all the time over there, and then you know, do packaging and brewing both, and then we'll figure out what else. You know, rotating help is needed from either the managers or whatever. We'll figure it out. But yeah, yeah. Does uh, with the Moon Room name was there was that uh, inspiration from you, or was that a staff member that came up with the idea to kind of theme that whole location off of the Moon? Uh, well, a lot of names got kicked around, and um in the like the satellite room and all this stuff because you know the moon's the only not named moon in the solar system right mm-hmm. yeah. actually it is named it's called moon honestly i just came up with it. i was like why don't we just call it the moon room <laughs> i mean because it's we only have one satellite this is our our first satellite off the brewery yeah and when i see what that people they're like well that, that's actually not so bad because we were you know like you know, trying to name it after you know the famous astronomer room or whatever else. It was yeah. like, who knows who that is? You know, Herschel. Yeah, very. <laughs> you do William or you do Carolyn? I mean, Carolyn actually found all that stuff. You know, he just yeah. took credit for it. You know, so you know, so yeah. <laughs> seriously, I'm sure. Yeah. You know? yeah. But um, no. So it just was like, wait, we do have a, we do have a planet. I mean, a, a, a satellite it's, it just happens to be called the Moon. You know, it's, right. You know, so yeah, it kind of rolls like, like like we saw some logos today for the first time, some mock-ups, and we're kind of, there's some fun stuff and the double O double O, you can kind of play with and um, yeah, it's just so the whole thing's just called you know Ecliptic Brewing Moon Room. Beautiful. It's, yeah. Did you did you mention did you mention the uh, the projected opening date? Oh, or do you have I mean, one in mind? It'll be, if everything goes right, it'll be late July probably. Um, but we probably won't do the a grand opening until probably September. Okay. Uh, we, you know, when, when we know everything's buzzing. Um, right now, we might have to, you know, use a borrow a rent a food truck for the first um, little bit because right now our our carts, you know, being made still, so it's. The guy who builds them here in town, the, the best guy in town, just, just happened to get like was 12 orders all of a sudden. Oh, wow. Time yeah. we got ours in, it's like, oh, well, your number is six in line. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The food truck uh, construction line. I, w- I would think that's a booming industry too right now because everybody's, you know, you, without the indoor dining or at least during the period where we couldn't do indoor dining, mm-hmm. it was like the most convenient way to go get a bite to eat. Yeah, no, they. I guess this guy can't make them fast enough, and um, but he builds. You know, so we're gonna have him. You know, technically we can't move it by the health code. So, so oh, okay. it is, a, but we could. We need, but we can pull it into place or push it into place. So permanently <laughs> yeah. park it. Yeah. Yeah. So now, is there? I have to ask. Is there going to be a uh, observatory at this new location as well? 
So you can <laughs> sip a beer and go out and take a look at the night sky? No, just not, not planned right now. Um, uh, that's a that's an idea though. Throw a couple of telescopes in the parking lot. There you go. Yeah. Drop your quarters in, and you get to gaze at the night sky. Uh, <laughs> quarter as you go, scope. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. the ones at the ocean, it's like the uh, yeah. little refractories. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Take me to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're here with business ideas. <laughs> I mean. Like we uh, we're gonna do another star party this September. We did one last year with a uh, OMSI, the local museum of science and industry, and Jim Todd came out and did his awesome, just you know, basically a virtual star party kind of thing, and it was a lot of fun. And we actually did reservations that night for all the tables, and we sold out like in seconds. It was crazy. Oh yeah, awesome. So we're yeah. hoping to do that again, and maybe actually this time with the way the mass mandates going here, probably gonna be lifted. We're at sixty-seven point six percent. We need to be at seventy percent vaccinated. Oh, should be a matter of weeks. I would I say. Actually, have telescopes. Yeah, I might actually have telescopes at this this year. Would be fun, but it might be fun to do a do two different star parties, one at each place. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, the other one will focus on lunar observing. You know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. only the galaxies here. You know, we will yeah. <laughs> Or you could look at all of the moons, you know, look at the moons of Jupiter. Yeah, Jupiter's moons. Saturn. Saturn. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, the moons of Jupiter are bigger than our Earth. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, pretty incredible to see. But that sounds really exciting. We'll be anxious and uh, excited to follow along um, on social media for the development, further developments of the moon room. It's looking like it's going to be super cool or sounding like it's going to be super cool as well. So. We're going for a d- different vibe and... A little bit more, like a little more moody, like a little not so, like our place here is we're so lit up with light, and, you know, got a really big playful mural on the wall, and this will be a little bit like, not like grunge or something, but like you know, it's a little, it's a little bit, um, might look a little, a little slicker, less, you know, not slick, but um, more of a subdued look. Everybody keeps calling it moody, a little bit more moody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure they I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> you know, but um, but just like here, there's skylights in the roof. It's like, well, are we gonna cover the skylights? You know, paint them purple. Yeah, yeah. Paint them purple, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a place I went to in um in St. Louis. It's a barbecue place called the Stellar Hog, and they have their entire bar uh, ceiling air airbrush painted by somebody who does these galaxy airbrush paintings, and then do the splatter for the stars, and they had. To- a little view of totality in it uh, yeah it's a, it's amazing it's pretty cool that one is very moody that place it's got it's it's pretty much all it's very dark uh, so. you sent me a picture of that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's a, a neat spot if you're ever in st louis okay the stellar hog they've got good barbecue yeah i've only been to st louis once in my life yeah, there's yeah. a meeting at ab <laughs> oh gotcha oh, yeah. yeah they have a cool little undercurrent uh beer scene there um that's kind of an interesting thing when you've got, you know, Anheuser Bush there and then there's a cool little craft undercurrent um with some good spots. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm friends with the guy who uh started Shaftley. Okay. The yep. guy Dan Dan Cotman. Nice. I haven't seen him in a long time, but he, I think he's somewhere I think he's on the heavy seas now or something, but um before Shaftley sold. But um he he started that brewery with the owner. Awesome. So I, when I was there in St. Louis, I hung out with him. I think I stayed in his house, remember, right? And had some beers. It was good. They did a cool... I was there two falls ago, and it was right around the time, just uh, just after the Apollo 50th anniversary. 
and they did a cool little variety 12 pack that was themed after that it was kind of neat to see another space themed beer out there uh we always keep our eyes peeled of course ecliptic is like the 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 pinnacle the the pinnacle (laughs) of space beer but um but it's always cool to see some other ones yeah, that's great. Yeah, I noticed that Jolly Pumpkin has a Phobos out. And it's yeah. actually in Oregon, and I'm like, hey, man, we've been making Phobos for almost eight years. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's more, I mean, we've bottled it before and canned it once, but it's really a house beer, so it's like, eh, I'm not going to stress about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Red Ales, I mean, Red Ales just aren't what they used to be <laughs> mm-hmm. right yeah. now. I mean, everything's yellow now. All beer yeah. is yellow. Yeah, I love red ales. Yeah, I do, I, I do too. I think we've had Phobos actually. Yeah. yeah, that's that's one of my go-tos if I can find a red ale. Oh, love it. Yeah. So they're hard to find now. Yeah. Especially out here. Well, I mean, you can normally find them in a, in a brew pub setting, but on the shelves and stores, you don't really find much red anymore. Amber. I mean, amber ale was king for so long. It's like it's gone. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're yeah some of the the early pioneers as far as big. Um, like popular beers for craft in like the nineties were ambers, right? For sure. Yeah. The IPAs weren't really much until the really late nineties, really. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to see how it's uh trend or, you know, the, the cascade and evolution of the beer industry and what's become. Sours are next. Yeah. Sours. Are, I mean, it's yeah. a big, yeah, there, there's definitely um, a big push for that around here. It seems like there's definitely some that are better than others, but, um, feel like everyone's trying to yeah, do them everyone, so, yeah everyone's at least got one i feel like you know yeah. but we'll see i don't know I mean, it's interesting because i know dogfish makes that one that they sell a lot of it sounds like out there um and ours, ours sell okay out here but there's just either you like them or you don't kind of thing but yeah we put it in the we took it out of the bottle and put it in a 60 ounce can and sales you know tripled <laughs> oh really yeah yeah just like boop yeah. yeah. Bottles are bottles are really dead out here in Portland. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty dead out here too, I'd say, in Michigan. I mean, yeah. we really not a lot of uh beer in bottles these days. Sometimes special edition ones, you know, if they're making something a little bit fancier or yeah. few more few and far between, but I feel like Bells is uh really like one of the bigger ones in Michigan that that actually uses bottles still. Yeah, they do but both. Yeah. 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 Interesting to see all these evolutions. Yep. But you were talking about space. We were, when we were talking about telescopes and everything, it um, reminded me from the last time we spoke that, of course, you're a big amateur astronomer, and you discussed having. I think what was it you discovered? It, was it a globular cluster or a nebula or something as part of the um, astronomy club? And you had a pin. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I mean, I've done very little amateur astronomy since I started this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can I'm hoping to fix that. I'm hoping to fix that this summer. Um, yeah, no, I do. a yeah, pin, you know, club, the glob, globular cluster club, and uh, I got that pin. Well, that was hard. I can imagine. Yeah. Once you once you get below M, you know, yeah, what M13 and Hercules, and I mean, just you know, it's it's they get really small. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Remind me what uh, telescope you have. Um. My my biggest one and you know most I guess my most de- one of the most definitions is a, it's a Celestron um, nine and a quarter Schmidt Cascade. Awesome. So, and uh, I also have a William Optics like eighty millimeter that gets that gets used a lot more because I can just whip that out really fast. 
right. in the yeah. backyard. So I, that's always on a tripod, ready to go. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Did you use Did you use any of those during the actual total eclipse in 2017 with a solar filter or no? Um, I uh, well, I have a um a lunt I have a lunt scope uh solar scope. Oh, okay. So I took that out there and uh, and I had a bunch of I went to some people's property. It was it was right on the line. Um, I, sh- I should have gone further south, <laughs> but that's my mistake. Because um, we got about forty seconds. That's all we got. But it was pretty oh. cool to be on the line where you could look there and it's dark, and you can see sunshine behind it. It was it was a cool spot to be, but you didn't get totality for as long as it would have been cool to see the stars in the middle of the day. But um, yeah, but uh, that was fun though. I, I mean. Uh, yeah, I would go. I would. I would chase an eclipse again. I think. Well, I know you... why people. I know why people chase them now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plan. Do you have plans for twenty twenty four? Yeah, I, I'm not sure where I'm going to go, but I definitely want to go check it out for sure and build a trip around it. And I also want to go right through the center of the country, right? That one. Yeah, San Antonio area up uh, across diagonally to the right up towards Maine. So we're thinking uh, the, the the greatest area for totality is kind of texas and arkansas that region of the country so we're probably going to try for san antonio just given the uh, time of the year um given that it's in april the longest duration too yeah they? it's like four it's i think it's over four minutes yeah. in san antonio so and with it being on april 8th 2024 in michigan it does go through some areas that are just south of us like less than five hours drive um but in april it's so so iffy with the uh weather and so we're going to try to commit to somewhere in the southwest down there where we can really get not only a better view of totality but pretty much guaranteed good weather yeah, tell me where you're going i'll come find you yeah, yeah we're thinking yeah. san antonio right now but we, we still have to kind of lay out the plans so you so, can just, hang, just just go to san antonio and you're good <laughs> yeah 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 pretty yeah. much yeah so we're, we're we're trying to decide too like if we'll you know rent something like rent a camper road and drive it. do a road trip it down or 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 try to fly down or something but but yeah, the the initial foundation for the plans is starting to get laid out now, because we're we're as you said, you know, like when you first see an eclipse, you you kind of get it after that, and you're like, I could yeah, I could be an eclipse chaser, I could do this. So we're definitely. At one point, I was, I was like, what was I trying to do? I was trying to, was I trying to take a picture or something? And I was like, stop it, just just be in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By the time you get the picture, you'll miss it. So I just put my phone down and just like. Yes. Yeah. Looked around as fast as I could to see what I could see, and it was it was no, it was pretty cool. But I do wish I'd gotten a little further south. But at least I didn't. Like a lot of people that stayed in Portland and got a partial. You know, it's like you know, they didn't really experience the real thing. You know. Right? Yeah. 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 We had friggin' dark. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we went down to Hopkinsville, uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, we but, we got we got a, yeah. a really good totality. Yeah. Yeah. We we had uh, two minutes forty seconds or so. And it was crystal clear day, and uh, yeah, we we got you know really really lucky because there was some portions of that area that were pretty overcast, but we uh, we definitely had a good spot. We were in Hopkinsville, so we we're it's a tiny little town, you know, about what was it forty five minutes south of Louisville, Kentucky? Yeah, yeah, or so about that. So, yeah. but yeah, we drove down there with my dad and another friend of ours, and it was fun. Yeah. Bathed yeah. in the shadow of the moon. Yeah, kind of good. You know, it goes up there with you know witnessing the transit of Venus. That was, that was oh, really yeah. awesome. That, that that happens so rarely. You know, transit of Mercury. Yeah. Those, what, 
can't remember exactly where that was now, but I remember to just uh, I was in uh, Colorado and I was like I was at a trade show and I kept going up every like hour like <laughs> see where see where Venus was across the sun. So uh, I, had, yeah. I had a Coronado scope then and I was just like yeah this, that was pretty special to see that yeah. astronomical event. I think it's not going to happen again. We'll all be dead. <laughs> Unless yeah, exactly. artificial, yeah. artificial hearts we can put in our bodies. And then, <laughs> yeah. then we'll be 99 million years old. And be like, I'm really tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we always talk about like the future eclipses and, you know, how many years between. And I think the next one after this, 2024, is in like 2040, you know, 2045 or something. Yeah, 2045 or so. Something. Yeah, something. We're, we're planning on if one of us can still walk, we're going to wheelchair the other guys out <laughs> to, the, to go see it. So. Well, we'll see. Yeah, there's that long a gap between a toll, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere um, on Earth or just in a populous area? No, just for the so there's there's many more total solars. There's I think there's still usually a couple years apart, but at, at least in the U.S. It's that. Yeah, we got lucky yeah. with the um, the 2017 and then the 2024. Like that's about in the U.S. about as close as it'll ever be. I think. Right. Yeah. There were yeah. some pretty spectacular photos that came out of Northern Michigan this week for the annular eclipse uh people yesterday. catching it or was it yeah it was just yes. yesterday yeah um yeah we, yeah we couldn't see that here um, yeah and it was cloudy too so we couldn't see it anyway <laughs> right i saw some pictures from a jersey or something that was like crazy this crazy picture i think i i know what you're when you're talking about it's right behind a, a real like a skyscraper building yeah yeah that was amazing it's just like <sighs> I am eating you. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah we, we have a good friend, um, a friend of the podcast that we've talked to uh, a ways back. I think it was on episode seven, but his name is Brady Keniston. He started out as like a portrait photographer, wedding photographer, and now he just takes photos of SpaceX launches and eclipses and anything space related. Um, so he's taken a really cool step in his photography career. And he went up to Mackinac Bridge just between lower and upper peninsula in Michigan and took a, a crazy one to similar photo where it's like, you know, the partial of the annular and, um, it just, the sun looked so big and it was that crazy crescent, a really aggressive crescent shape right behind that big bridge. It was a pretty incredible shot. Yeah. I think that's what I saw actually. That's what I saw. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was Northern, Northern yeah. Michigan. Yeah, there was one. I think it was somewhere in like the East Coast where they had like behind a skyscraper, yeah. and it looked just the the perspective of the photo was like really wacky and cool. Yeah, it looked like Gotham City. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think totality was a little. That was like North Central Canada. I think is where they got the annular totality with the full ring of fire. Um, maybe if we we probably should have planned that out better. Maybe we could have gone up to Ontario or something yeah. for the day. That would have been yeah. kind of cool, but. But uh, totality for 2024 is definitely something that we've been talking about really since 2017. <laughs> so every single day. A lot of people I know like went, you know, saw it or went over to Bend and got you know, got a good a good shot of it. And but they um they're like oh no, no we're going again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're not even astronomy. You know, a lot of you know that whole thing caught people like oh okay the eclipse whatever and then they saw it they're like oh you know like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it's just that surreal feeling it's like literally you've never seen it before no one had, i mean obviously if you were in a situation that you're lucky enough to have seen two or three in your life but the majority of people that saw 2017 had never witnessed something like that with their own eyes and i think that just to see people we had a scope out there was it your dad's six inch 
I think. Yeah. With a yep. solar filter. Yep. He's got a little Dobsonian uh, yeah. six inch. And we had like a line of people. Yeah. Just random people who just walked over to look through the telescope while we were hanging out. So we, we yeah, we set up camp. We were the first ones there at like 7 a.m. And yeah. five hours before the eclipse started. And we had a line of people uh, just waiting to look through. Well, when, you know, it first first contact. It was, mm-hmm. uh, was kind of cool just to see how many people were really into it after they got there. But... Yeah, it was it was neat to see from really all walks of life, you know. Just everyone was so taken aback by it in the best way possible. Yeah, no, I agree. It was fun, but yeah, I'll definitely be somewhere not in Oregon um, on that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go in the exact opposite direction. What what what's the town that's right dead center for the intersection of 2017 and 2024? Um, so it was I think starts with a C um, in Illinois. No, it's um. Carbondale, Illinois, yeah. yeah Carbondale. Carbondale. So yeah, they they have it both both eclipses, both to- total eclipses in the U.S. over the past, you know, 2017, 2024. They got both of them. So yeah, how but, lucky did they get? Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll be- we'll send you a ping of our location when we get to San Antonio. So yeah, you can you can come find us. Beers on us. <laughs> yeah, cool. No, I mean, I'll trust you guys to tell me where to go. So yeah, we'll plan no, it I'm out. Gonna, um, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna miss this one. And like you say, going further south makes sense in April. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say, and and the, the like the exact totality point is somewhere right on the border, somewhere near the border of Texas and Mexico. So San Antonio is pretty close to you know the dead center of totality, and I, I want to say it's like four minutes and twenty seconds. Yeah, it's, which is it's just like twice the length. Yeah, because we saw we were at the epicenter of totality in Hopkinsville. And that was one of the things that made that particular town kind of special. And it was two minutes 40. And I remember thinking like it, I mean, it it felt like a while. I mean, that was, of course, looking back on it, it kind of went by fast. I wish I could relive it over and over. But in the moment, I remember being able to get as full of a look as I wanted. Um, And so to get that almost doubled in 2024 is going to be like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah, I remember like the Oregon Star Party. Um, perhaps one of the locks was the date of of the the seventeenth you know, solar eclipse. It was like you know, it's like, oh no, we're just we're still looking for we're still waiting for this thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, was yeah. like, it, was, it was a combination. You know, I probably get in trouble now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that log's broken, but yeah, just that was like it was, it was e- easy to remember. You know, it's like oh okay, you know, is that a bit. so. It's fun. Yeah, but I guess nice. the Oregon Star Party is going to happen. They announced they're going to do it. So, oh good. They, they held. They announced I think two weeks ago. Said so. I'm going to try to get over. I might just go like just drive there and just like not even bring a telescope. Just so I haven't done it for so long that I know my friends who have really big telescopes, like 18 inch, 22 inch Dobbs, and oh, wow. just go say. Just let me know what, what we're looking at next. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I just sit there and like yeah. pull up your chair and a beer and <laughs> let them do the work yeah yeah exactly yeah um their dad my father-in-law has what is it 18 inch job uh yeah i believe it's 18 or is it 16 i think it, it was 16 i think yeah but yeah. um but it's same kind of deal like he gets it all set up and then we just get to get to take advantage of looking through the eyepiece and seeing some incredible things yeah so it's yeah it's pretty awesome there's yeah, a guy there's a guy at the, at the Oregon Star party who had built a 28 inch he was a telescope maker, really engineer types guy, but he had a 20 inch, 28 inch go-to. Oh my God. Holy cow. <laughs> That's insane. Then he designed the drive system and everything. And, you know, <laughs> you know, wow. really just super smart guy. And, and like, he's I, like, yeah. I'm a look, he goes, I'm a, 
I'm not a hunter. I'm a looker. There's a difference. You know, there's the people who want to find it, like check the list, get the pin, you know, but then there's the people who just want to observe, you know, and yeah, and he's like, I'd rather just like, I want to look at 50, you know, globular cluster style. Great. Just you're not trying to hunt, you know, hunt, 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 you know? Yeah. 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 I'm kind of more of a, well, my former life was a hunter. <laughs> more yeah. of a hunter type, but yeah. That's why you got your pen. It's the observing piece where you just try to observe. And, you know, I remember like we're looking at the belt of the Ryan Nebula at four in the morning. And like we, with his telescope, you, you felt like you were in the clouds. Like you're like, you know, like, yeah. like you felt like you're in a jet plane just cruising through. The, it was just totally different. And to be able to get that detail into that small of a section of the, it was crazy. Yeah. You know? It blows your mind what you're, when you really stop and think what you're looking at it just blows my mind anyway yeah it does i mean there are we were up in um a town called ludington michigan which is on the the west coast of michigan on the on lake michigan's shore and whenever we're that close to the big lake it really is a pretty incredible dark sky it kind of almost has this more spherical look in the sky that really you just we were just looking at it without a scope even just be getting mind blown it's always a good feeling um but speaking of getting mind blown, what is your uh, what is your take on all this stuff coming out with um, UFOs and whatnot, with the Pentagon releasing information trickling out? What's your take? I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess we're not calling them UFOs anymore. I guess they're identified yeah. flying objects now. <laughs> yeah. UFOs or AAVs is yeah. the other, yeah. 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 Uh, what was that? I can't even remember the acronym, but it's yeah, it's kind of funky what they're doing. And just to see some of these videos and stuff trickle out from what was it the Navy? Yeah, yeah, we've we've talked about it a few times on the podcast and gotten down rabbit holes and stuff, and it, it it's kind of one of those like weird things to you wonder is it really leading up to something or are they just moving on with business? I don't really know. Drone, yeah, you know, man-made drones or otherwise. Yeah, yeah it's just the unknown right now. Yeah. Definitely, I've heard a little bit about it. But I haven't dived too deep into it, but um, yeah, it's interesting that we might have known of stuff before we knew about stuff or something, I guess, you know, so I I don't know. I mean, I don't know why there wouldn't be someone flying by, you know? (laughs) Right. Exactly. That's what we always talk about. We haven't figured out how to do it yet, but that doesn't mean someone else couldn't have, you know, right. I don't know if we'll ever figure out warp travel, you know, I don't know if that'll ever happen, you know? Yeah. We always talk about that and just, that I think the one they call the Tic Tac uh, is the the one that they've you know been it's been in the news and all that releasing trickling da- uh, data coming out about it, and we got on a discussion about that too. Like, is this maybe some other distant world that sent some sort of drone out? Like it you know, and it's just found a like it's found us. Yeah, Mars. yeah, yeah. what we're doing on Mars, but to a much grander scale, and it's um it kind of racks your brain a little bit. We've had some fun discussions about that on uh, on this here podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, it's really interesting, and I, I think that Mars thing with the little helicopter and all that stuff is gonna be pretty. If it can last as long as the other rovers did, I mean, it'd be pretty awesome. To see what it really finds to not be you know, to go into the holes. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, think how much more space they can cover uh, on Mars. You know, much bigger footprint and a much quicker period of time as opposed to the rover because that that thing crawls pretty slow. Yeah, it does. So if yeah. you get a little helicopter, I mean, that's that's going to change a lot of things, you know. But 
Yeah, I know they talked about um, <clears throat> this kind of hopefully paving the way for drones on Mars, the ingenu- Ingenuity um, copter. And to have a, a little bit more rugged, durable drone maybe sent up in the next instance that can truly like traverse the big sectors of the planet. Um, yeah, that, that would be that'd be pretty cool. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing what becomes of that project, but it was fun to just see the videos of it taking off and it, it was kind of wild. Yeah. It's cool. The, dust it land, the whole landing. Boing, boing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's bouncing. And it's it, okay. It stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty impressive. Falling into a crater. And boing, yeah. <laughs> smash. You know? Oh, there goes a couple million. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Yeah. That was a fun project, boys. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I don't know about. I don't know what we're gonna do if we flew to Mars. I kind of at first I'm like, what are you gonna do when you get there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, the the first people to go are not. I don't think it's a return trip. Yeah, they've talked about that. The one kind of the one way trip and getting people that would just elect to do that. Maybe that's their their dream or whatever. That's just how they want to go down. And so they're going to head out there and, but yeah, to your point, like, what do you do? You're like, there's nothing here. <laughs> yeah. Now we're here. <laughs> what do you want to do? We may, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to go for a walk. No. Very far. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. There's, yeah, there's nothing to do, but, um, they feel like they couldn't get back in, in their lifetime or is that what you think? Or just the, the, the I think it was technology that, to get back. Yeah. yeah. But, they said that they can really only launch their once I think it's every three or four years due to the the orbits and um and so you know theoretically if you go you're at least going to be there for four years until they can send another crew and um yeah i'm not sure what the plan was as far as starting to return people and and but it's it's based on the orbits where they can only send every it's every couple of years it's not yeah not like it's uh yeah. annual thing i can't remember what that that was like a whole th- like a whole space program they had yeah. set aside i think somebody you know like elon with spacex is a little more aggressive with his uh plans and he he thinks i think he probably thinks he can make it there and back but when well, he thinks he can get there in like half the time that they were projecting yeah, exactly originally yeah his starship um project right now is making some pretty huge strides it's cool to see that massive silo looking thing landing it's wild um yeah, I mean, but, yeah, right. You take off, and you know, you're right. You're, you're, Mars is over here, you know, and you, you want to get to there when it gets there. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be an extreme trip for the minds that calculate that. Are, I mean, yeah. that just baffles me. Yeah. Yeah. You you've got to be a different cut from a different cloth to be able to figure that out. Uh, all the orbits and and to, to ride the rocket out there. <laughs> yeah. But those people, you know, astronomers back in the you know. 1500s figured that out yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? it's crazy it's like that's when people were observing things they didn't have distractions like tv and cell phones and right you know just where you're just well, well what are you doing like well i'm gonna look, go look at the, at the plants yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no distractions like podcasts and stuff like that <laughs> you know I, I didn't say that I, <laughs> I said cell phones and tv but they didn't have good beer though you know yeah Most 1500s no, no. No. Wine, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea what, how good or bad things tasted back then. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot yeah. different. Oh, but, for sure. Uh, 
But yeah, so we'll definitely have to, we'll have to keep you posted on our plans for 2024 for sure. Like when we, when we cement like a legitimate kind of blueprint, we'll keep you posted. It would be awesome to, to meet up. No, with I'd you. like to go. I mean, I definitely want to go and catch it as much as I can and, you know, with the best weather opportunity. Um, and never, I've been to Texas. No, I've never been to Texas. Oh, there you go. No, no, that's not true. I've been, no, I've been, I've been no. to Austin, but Austin's not Texas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah. I've only been, I've been to a couple cities. It there. ain't Laredo. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been, to, I've been to Austin a couple times, actually. I remember for a couple yeah. of brewers conventions there. It was fun. Nice. So cool. but that's the only part of Texas I've been to. Except for Lockhart, where we got barbecue. But it's right by Austin. <laughs> <laughs> right next door. The Austin Metro. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we'll keep you posted. Yeah, John Mallet from Bells is like going to Lockhart again. You want to go? And I'm like, we're at the conference, man. He's like, oh, I need more of that barbecue. <laughs> 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 Texas off, barbecue. You know, blowing off the afternoon. I'm gonna get, get some more Lockhart barbecue. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely fun to tour barbecue. Like how how um, different different areas of the country have different barbecues. That's always a fun thing to do when you're visiting. No doubt. Nothing like Texas though. Yeah, Texas I mean, yeah. Is just it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. One of those yeah. Pixis port, uh, pilsners would go well with barbecue, I'd imagine. Yeah, and then um, our new, our new, I got one more beer, our new seasonal Sunray Juicy IPA. Um, Ooh, nice! Idaho Seven and a and Brew One hops, so it's a uh, Brew One's out of Haas. It's a proprietary hop, but it's uh just got a really great just. Really juicy, fruity, little kind of little slight orange, and a little bit of tropical, you know, little papaya kind of thing. It's a, it's a fun, fun beer. It's our second year doing it, so Sunray, fantastic, Very good. Everybody so likes people... Sunrays and barbecue, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that would that sounds amazing. Yeah. Good combo. It's tasty. We can ship you out some. Uh, honestly, really, I'll just get get collect your address. We'll, we'll uh, next day air some crowlers and some stuff to you guys. So you. Oh, fantastic! Uh, oh, you'd love that. You you know that you'll. You I mean it's going to be less than a, you know twenty four hours to, in a crowler. You just have to don't save them. Right, right. Crack them as soon as possible. That's, John, that's not a problem with this crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Grant, Grant, our packaging manager. He uh, made a beer called Apophis, which is the closest near Earth, near Earth asteroid um, to Earth. Yeah, he's a, he's a space geek. He's he's actually tattooing the uh, um, the Discovery launch that he saw live um, in Florida. Oh, really? He's, I think it was Discovery. He said, but um, he was—he saw the launch, and he's actually—I mean—he's having the entire thing, from the the launch pad, the you know, the whole thing, including takeoff up the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't think I'd mention his name, but I just did. Grant. <laughs> <laughs> he made like an like kind of a super saison, and threw a little bit of plum, a little of cardamom in it, and then it's like nine percent. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna need a photo of his tattoo when it's done. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I had like five photo. ounces of this stuff, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's it's nine percent." Yeah, but oh, we can send you some awesome. stuff, some fun stuff, though. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. we we uh, we love the friendship we've built with Ecliptic over you know since we first met you in 2019. So thank you as always uh, uh, for coming yeah. on. Well, I think appreciate it's fun to combine beer and beer in space. You know, what better place? You know, so that's right. Absolutely. Hey, though, if they, if I went to Mars, you know, there'll be a brewery on that friggish spaceship. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a That's cafe, been three months dry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god. No. You know, that would be a lot of, You can't drink it till you get there, but when you get there, it's good. Good luck. Good <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
That'd be pretty fun, though, brewing on this. What do you do with the spent grain? <laughs> Throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Comes flying by Earth three years later, you know. Yeah. <laughs> spent grain cloud. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> smells really hops. good. Well, the hops are coming now. Yeah. It's a Tic Tac. I don't know where um, that came from. <laughs> no, you're good. That's what we do all the time. Yeah, we do that all the time. All the time. <laughs> what happens if we did this? No. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, massive cheers to you. Um, wishing you all the best with the uh, the launch of the Moon Room. We'll, we'll be uh, looking forward to following along with that. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll chat with you again soon. All right. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, I look forward to you guys being able to come out and have a pint. Without oh, a absolutely. Yeah. Cheers, yeah, John. Definitely. For sure. Thank you. We'll see you next time. All right. Cheers. Thanks, Bye. everybody. Cheers. Take Bye. care. Woo. Welcome back from the break, episode 45, here in the month of June. Um, just a fantastic interview we had with John Harris. Crack that beer. Ooh, that's mm. a good sound. John Harris, the owner and brewmaster at Ecliptic Brewing, one of our very good friends and partners out in Portland, Oregon. Uh, big cheers to John Harris for taking the time out of his Friday to chat with us. It was a fantastic yeah. time. I mean, he's a legend. Yeah, it was a uh, it, it, very generous of him to uh, to join us again, second time around, and yep. good to talk to him. Yeah, Ta- back in yeah. Uh, episode 18, I looked it up today, February 2019 was the last time we discussed um, space and beer with him, and to have him back on, we were talking, he, you know, obviously his brewery has um, grown, and we've grown as well, and so it was kind of fun to um, cross paths again, even even digitally, we you know, of course did it over uh, um, Zoom. And it yep. was it was just good to see him. I'm glad he's doing well and that he made it through all this um, crazy, through the crazy pandemic. A lot of breweries, unfortunately, did not. And so uh, kudos to him and his staff for, um, you know, not only yeah, surviving just, it but growing coming yeah. out of it. I mean that 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 alone is because they're buying a used, they're buying brewery. a brewery. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they have a really good spot for their second location in Portland as well. It's called the Moon Room. And as you, uh, yeah, you, of course, you know, you just listen to him talk about it, but it, it sounds amazing. I, I think like we were t- saying on the break, he is, um, living, I mean, works very, very hard, of course, but living out like the brewer's dream. I mean, he's married his two hobbies, space and beer in such a way that has allowed him to really be successful and share that merge of passions with the rest of the world or what I get at least where they distribute to, um, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that is yeah. like a, a a dream. I mean, for someone to take great joy out of what you do, you know. Yeah, yeah. So and he's just a down to earth guy. Like, yeah. I mean, we were talking in the break. Like, yeah, you're on the other line with one of the top handful of brewers in the country. Yeah. And he, but he's just like a a down to earth cool guy. 
yeah absolutely so yeah he he was great to chat with and we hope that everyone enjoyed the interview um and listening to what he had to say about space beer what's going on with his uh, brewery and then you know i'll be talked a little bit about what's going on with us too and i think the most exciting one of the most exciting parts was um the potential of him uh, meeting up with us for 2024 eclipse that, yeah. <laughs> that would be so much fun i uh I'd be thrilled. So he seemed all about it. I mean, he did. Yeah, we'll, we'll send the location. I, mean, I think he'll. Yeah. I think he'll do it. We'll send I, him our ping. Yeah, I think he'll do it. He yep. had he had that twinkle in his eye. I think he's he's <laughs> he's all about it. I think the yes. other thing we need to do is get him some some of our swag. We do. Yeah, and I some meant, Michigan beers. Yes, for sure. Um, we'll collect some Michigan space brews and uh, send him out a care package with some shirts and some stickers and stuff because he's been so he and his team have been so gracious to us sending us um you know different samples of their new beers allowing us to taste and uh, try really their whole spectrum of what they offer even though we can't actually necessarily buy it here yeah uh, in michigan so jordan bought some today though yes yeah out in colorado that was uh i I was very jealous of jordan one of of our team members yeah one of the eclipse on team members the hazy is it phaser yeah yeah i think we had that one actually when yeah we did yeah um and it's it's really good it comes in it's one of their mainstays comes in six pack 12 ounce cans so it's probably you know perfect for this time of year and uh jordan having moved out from the west side of michigan where we live out to colorado recently um stumbled upon that at a local proprietor and uh, i was very jealous yeah Phaser, yeah, Phaser Hazy IPA. Yeah, I think we, we have had that one. I think we, we yeah. yeah, yeah, we have. It's uh, delicious. All of the beers are. Yeah. You know, you know, it was funny too when he was talking about the last beer they did, the Blackberry and Meyer Lemon Ale, the collaboration with Von Ebert. I felt like proud of our beer palette because we we were all like, "This is really good," but it's it's really dry, like it's super unique. And then he yeah. said he was like, "Yeah, it turned out really dry." I was like, "We got to run." <laughs> <laughs> You know, that yeah. was, um, it was good to hear his comments on that one. It's kind of fun when you talk to the person that actually helped make it, you know, and they're like, yeah, this yeah. is what it was supposed to taste like and kind of where we want it to go. Yeah. If, if you're going to ask anybody about a, a beer and the characteristics of the beer and how it tastes and how it was made and everything that went into it, all the, you know, sweat and tears that went into it, it's, he's yeah. the guy, you know. Yeah, his, his knowledge, when he, like, starts, he'll get on talking about hops. Yeah. And you, like... The dude's like an encyclopedia about like, oh yeah, these are hops from New Zealand and they, they taste like this and they smell like this. And that's pretty impressive. I mean, that I like, I had to like think about it when he told us we were talking about the 5,000, 5,000th brew that he did. Batch. Yeah. Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you know, that was, we started off running 15, you know, cycles and then it went barrels, yeah. or barrels and then it went to 30 and, um, He's like, we would have probably hit 5,000 way sooner yeah. at 15. I was like, wait a second. But it, I guess it doesn't make sense. You're just turning it over that much yep. more frequently. Yeah, because you're doing more single batch stuff. Yeah. Um, kind of like what Broadleaf does. Yeah. Like Broadleaf mm-hmm. probably brews more batches of beer, like monthly or whatever. Right. Or, or I don't know. Because you're semi-annually. doing s- smaller quantity. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Whereas those 30 barrels, like they brew up like a batch of you know phaser hazy ipa and that and those in that system and that's like that's cans for six months or what i don't know what yeah. most places uh, including ecliptic i know are you know serious about if a beer is meant to be had sooner than later they'll brew a batch respective to that so if like 
I'd imagine Phaser Hazy IPA is probably one that you want to have sooner than later. You don't want to be sitting it on the shelf for a long time. So maybe that one they only do a smaller one. But like their, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, some of their mainstays and stuff. That I, I when he said that, I was like, I wonder if was he talking like opposite? It took me a second yeah. to think about you know, but it does make sense when you think about the actual volume of liquid right um, coming out. Yeah. So but yeah, five thousand batches. That's it's a insane. lot. That's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of beer. It's a lot of beer. That is a ton of work too. And the new one sounds the the batch uh, the uh, like anniversary not the anniversary but like the celebration of that sounds really interesting. Like they clearly make very good barley wines. We've had um, we had that one podcast where there was the three iterations of that one barley wine, mm-hmm. and they were all really good. Yeah, that was the one that tasted like a some sort of it was like German Linzer tort or something. Remember the Linzer tort. Yeah, the Linzer tort. Um, I don't remember the yeah, Linzer tort. Very good. So, so to take a barley wine like that and then age it in a gin barrel sounds. I like gin. Yeah. So. He he's he uh he brought that up too. He he's been into gin over the uh the mm-hmm. whole pandemic thing. Yeah, gin so. is um. I like gin a lot actually because I don't drink liquor often, but gin is one of my. The gin and tonic is yeah. I mean, you I go too. I did the math. Hang on, sorry to interrupt. No, you're that's, good. that's what I was doing. David was looking at me like, "What the fuck is he doing on his phone?" Texting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Six hundred and twenty-five batches a year. Mm-hmm. So you're basically doing one point seven batches a day. Oh, wow. like breaking it out mathematically, yeah, yeah. Like just by the numbers, but yeah, on average. Six hundred twenty-five batches in a year. Wow, that's yeah. You're turning over a lot of beer. Making a lot of for beer. a long time, yeah, five like years. That's an incredible rate to be or eight going years, at. and Sorry. that's not. No, you actually divide that by five, because assuming you're not brewing on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, I think they do though. I think a lot of times they do. They'll brew on like because um, a lot of smaller breweries will be cl- they'll brew on a Saturday, a Sunday, uh, or no, so those are their busy days. They usually take some of them will take Monday and Tuesday off. Like some breweries, like One Well down in Kalamazoo. Yeah, they used to be like that. Monday, well, Tuesday, he, they yeah, were he closed. He was saying that he was said they were like closed Monday half day yeah. Tuesday or something like that. That's what like uh, Gravel Bottom had to do. That I think a lot of that was just more of the pandemic and just not having the, people to work, not having you know? people to work or yeah. drink um, the beer. Yeah, but some some of them like even in a normal situation just don't don't have hours on Monday and Tuesday because they're just bet like brewing crazy mm-hmm. amounts. Um, but yeah, really impressive. I'll be anxious to uh, hopefully get a sip of that one. Yeah, the five thousandth batch. Yeah. Because yeah. the Bell's does do that. They they have, you know, they'll do batch three thousand. I think they did three thousand, six thousand, nine thousand. I don't know where they're at now. Probably way more. I think I know they've had fifteen thousand. I don't know. I'm sure it's insane. But um, batch nine thousand. Would that place I worked in grad school? Yeah. The owner was like a hoarder of like rare beers, but in most cases he didn't store it properly like in a cellar he it was like in a sunny room and it probably was just oh, garbage shit. beer yeah. yeah it was cool to see it but like but he did have a keg of batch 9000 from like 2001 or something shit down in the in the basement cooler so it was properly cooled and no light for however many years and um i got to try a sample of it with my buddy craig and it was like amazing yeah. really it, yeah it had just aged out really well it was cool hmm. so those beers are rare beers. rare occurrences yeah we are yeah. drinking sorry yeah what are we drinking we're like half i'm already through. done I haven't even introed it uh surly brewing company mapping the multiverse 
hazy IPA weighing in at 7.3. All right, so pretty standard for yeah. hazy. So Surly, I think, is in somewhere at St. Paul. Twin Cities. Yeah, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Yeah. It's nice yummy. Soda. It was good. It's a good summer beer. I haven't tried it even. Yeah, so this one, um, Surly makes, does make good beer, and this was a cool space theme can. That reminded me, you know, mapping the multiverse got me ta- thinking about parallel universes and multiple planes and all that. It was kind of like an inspiring, like I, I reached out for it. I had another one in my hand that we can try another time from Brew Detroit, which is that little collaborative in Detroit. Yeah. It was called Space Shark. And it was like just a shark with a astronaut helmet on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But then I ended up swapping it out for this one. Good call. This is a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to try. Hazy. Mm. Hazy IPA. Yeah, good summer. Um that, that that would be good on the beach. That one would Yeah. I imagine. <clears throat> little little uh beach day. Might not want to have too many of these things because uh on the beach in ninety degrees you might <clears throat> you get pretty messed up but on a seven percenter. Yeah, you sure would. Yeah. But yeah, seven percenter will get you done. Um on a hot day. Out at Port Sheldon or something, that yeah one one and done maybe. Switch right. to Coors after that. Yeah, you might you're, you're sipping on Coors uh, the whole time before you have that, but yeah, just to stay hydrated. Yeah, speaking Pub Thirty Nine A was hopping today. Oh, it sure was. It was. Yeah, we had a little uh, little gathering there today. Yeah, it was a hot it was day, very hot, ninety day. degrees. So, you know, we try to serve our customers well here at the uh, Pub Thirty Nine A. Always served very well. Thank you yeah. for uh, <coughs> inviting us over for the pool. It was nice. As the first time I'd been there, it was, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. It's a nice little pool. They take care of it well. Yeah, except when, for last year, I <laughs> they repainted the baby pool. Oh yeah, the oh, way, yeah, waiting pool. And like yeah, yeah, the little one that Emerson and I were in today. Mm-hmm. And I like put one foot down in there. And, oh shit! Like didn't even have a chance to like try and catch myself. I just ass over tea kettle and i smacked my head on the edge of it big old knot in the back of my head didn't you uh you you had a little blood too yeah ouch yeah that's yeah Ooh, that that, that was just one of those painful. falls where you can like hear the impact internally yeah like when your head's hitting oh man i hate that yeah I hate that shit luckily it's been knock on wood it's been pretty few and far between that i've had a hit like that um the where it just it ring. It doesn't like I, it, the case I've had where it didn't. I didn't feel concussed or anything, but you can just feel it's a decent impact. When I hit my pedal on that um, root that oh, was sticking yeah. out, yeah. I don't know how I didn't crack my helmet. And I actually thoroughly inspected my helmet like hardcore, and it's fine. I think it just so happened to be like a kind of just the graze, but I might have hit like my neck maybe or something. Hmm. I was fine, but it, and it wasn't. I don't want to make it sound like it was a super scary accident. It wasn't. I was actually more worried about my shoulder. But, um, yeah, when you feel like that harder impact, well, it's kind of like when you get punched in the nose and there's the that other feeling time of that that happened to me <clears throat> I, now that we're on this train going out of town is, is I was like a freshman or sophomore year in swimming and we were, I don't know what drill we were doing, but you had half your guys lined up at the other end of the pool and the, so basically it's like a relay and I'm going to tag the wall. Well, the guy leaves early, and we went head-to-head. Oof. He dove in and just smacked my... Oh, my gosh. I'm getting queasy thinking about it right now. Oh, yeah. Smacked It's the worst feeling. In Creston. Yeah. Oh. And so there's you're something... Already just, uh, you're, you're and you're just... Now, now there's blood in the pool. <laughs> Did you bleed from that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 There's something worse about it, too, when it's in 
a pool, like in underwater or something. Yeah. It just because I don't know. It doesn't just instantly burns and <clears throat> ouch. Yeah. But yeah, the pool is at Pub Thirty Nine Eight was great, great refresher. And when you, actually when back to the topic you were talking about, <clears throat> this beer being seven percent at the beach and transitioning over to Coors and Miller Lite, that reminded me NASCAR released. I don't know if I told you this, Nathan. They uh, they did officially release MIS did that it's full capacity in August. Yeah, so that was we a big full deal. Full capacity. Even if it was, I, I I the capacity thing is like whatever. I mean, I just needed some indication that it was like gonna happen, um, and that it was you know. We, Do you have seats picked out or yeah okay yeah, yeah so we're we we have the cream of the crop seats. right on the start we're finish basically right on the start finish six rows up. It's nice. Yeah, we I think we're exactly <laughs> doing it just for me. But just to get that email, because um, that's been something, of course, last year was canceled due to the pandemic. And so it's been a, a good while and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's it, something we will do yeah. a podcast there. <clears throat> well, everything's been so flaky, too. And it's mm-hmm. been changing constantly. Yeah. Like they have a plan to to do full, you know, a full season. And then, you know, maybe a race gets canceled here and there and they decide yeah. not to go to one location so i think it's getting more consistent so definitely you know having that email yeah you know oh, that yeah. they're going full capacity that's pretty you know then it's that, like it's not only happen. yeah exactly like they're it's like they're pretty much saying it back to normal um which i feel pretty confident about like from i mean like things look like they're turning it up turning in the right direction and so that was just exciting to see because they did cut mis down to just one race per year mm-hmm. and so i was worried and that's a, that like I know it sounds weird. We're talking NASCAR on a space and beer and cycling podcast mainly, but it is a big piece to the uh, Eclipse on Tap world because we've done an episode there pretty much every year that we yeah. we go every year to the um, to the race, and so it's fun because you talk to um, oops a bigger group of people, and we usually get on some fun topics. Last year's topic primarily was Starlink, and like you know yeah. the 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 momentum behind that project and the ethics of that project in terms of how it affects the dark sky and which is still very much in question is it's fun i'm looking forward to that well i have i have have dreams of uh of the michigan international speedway naming actually uh, we we get title sponsorship one year it's the (laughs) eclipse on tap 400 yeah oh my god it'd be amazing (laughs) wouldn't that be amazing (laughs) (laughs) that That would really be amazing (laughs) wouldn't that be something (laughs) it would it would it no, would that, that, yeah it would be amazing clips on tap 400 i mean of yeah. course yes that would be amazing even if yeah. it was one of the uh um low level races we can mark it we can mark it pretty well and in terms of, actually we have some hopefully some <coughs> cool stuff um as far as little partnerships going for the for the cycling team soon we'll see but that's been in full swing as well Grattan, the tour to Grattan, the um world's longest grand tour Spans the first weekend, or sorry, the first Wednesday in May through the last Wednesday in August. Brian Obermeyer, I checked in with him. He wants to come on. Yeah, we'll get him on. Yep. The, uh, Talk some aliens. He'll get it. He'll the, bite the, the director. Uh, would on you, that one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he was all about that video. You were showing him the video yeah. of the Tic Tac going underwater, which we actually didn't talk about here. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, but he is, would you call him the director or what, like the founder? <laughs> commissaire. The founder, but the... <laughs> The commissaire, like the, the race pr- commissaire, the, <laughs> the principal of Graton. Yeah, <laughs> Le Tour de Graton. I can't stand how people call it Graton. 
Like, do people do that? Usually, it's the East Siders. They they <laughs> show ah. up and they're just like, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. Sometime after Groton, uh, no. no, no, no. That's not say what it it's like called. a fucking Midwesterner. Yeah, Granton. Granton. I'm going to Granton, and I'm going to have myself Grattin. a beer afterwards. Yeah, it was a pretty good night out at Granton. <laughs> that's like a Canadian. You got hit with lots of sweat. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, know that's been going very well. We've been um, having fun representing our podcast out there at the track. We got some awesome new Warney skin suits at uh, for, from V13, our friends over there. Those yep, are Gary. fantastic kits. Gary, Gary Ryan, shout out to him. And his wife, Teresa. And his wife, Teresa, for producing some of the best kit I've ever worn. I, Me personally, I think this, I can say that. Yeah, the Warney is, yeah. uh, I tell oh, you what, well, ideal. We went, for, we went for a little spin last night, and Matt and I were both like, oh, damn it. We had to wear the bib and jersey. Yeah, the Warney was the dirty. Warn- yeah. <laughs> I was like, shh. I was rocking it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm jealous. for sure rocking that tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. when we ride. Yeah. And absolutely. I need oh, all the time savings like, I can get for 50 miles. <laughs> it's, but it, in this heat and humidity, it's it's just like, yeah, it's money. so much cooler, you know, for me anyway, than wearing. And it's just more, it's more concise. Like you don't feel like it's just exactly the amount of fabric you need yeah you know you're not um i'm contemplating <laughs> shaving my uh the the four or five chest hairs i have though because the zipper <laughs> does catch on does. on my uh little talk chest to, talk to jeremiah about that he'll hook yeah. me up he'll, he'll give me some wax get some get some yeah flex and packs player shout out jeremiah pofu podcast yeah. oh man jeremiah and hoss and hoss but um, but yeah, Gratton's been going very well. In the space world, I mean, the biggest thing I think is that video of the Tic Tacs submerging down into the ocean, like without what any ship splash. was that on? I I can't remember the name of the ship. I think you sh- you were the one that showed us the video. I think, or you found it. And this of is not, I was. <laughs> but but it's not something that's like on the. It's not like you're like perusing the dark web for this. Like it's on. It's it's Nathan, like Nathan's <laughs> in his basement. <laughs> Just with a, he's got like a secret closet with like a massive computer. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm modging, <laughs> mining for dodge or not dodgy, but um, Dogecoin. What are you Bitcoin. shooing? Yeah, dodgy, dodgy. Yeah, you're mining Bitcoin. The whole time we were talking about that on the break, you, and you were like, "Wait, this is blowing my mind." You're actually like, "No, it's not." <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it's a. Uh, it looks like a regular closet. You yeah. have to pull the clothes away, and then you get into another secret room. It's yeah, like Chronicles of Narnia shit yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe. Yeah. Nathan, um, what are you doing in here? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that video was, I, I feel like, generally publicly available like in the news. But you just were the one that saw it first and sent it. And yeah, of course. Again, of course I was because that's all I look for. <laughs> it's aliens and UFOs. No, but um, you're our, if we ever become a, a news outlet, Eclipse on Tap News, we will, you'll be our alien correspondent. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, you know who I need to boot from that whole industry is that Jeremy, Jeremy Corbell. Oh yeah, no, he's the worst. He's he, the worst. I mean, yes, he he get he does a good job as a journalist. He's just so annoying. Yeah, I'll say it right here yeah. on air, on record. Apple Podcasts published. I don't like that guy. He he's actually like, if you're someone that um, what is looking to legitimize the claims for extraterrestrial life, even though I he's feel not like he's trying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he did. He was responsible for a lot of the um, naval, you know. Yeah. 
I don't doubt his like tapes, ability but... to acquire footage and yeah. data and stuff like that. We sure we have him to thank for, but his like demeanor, the way he spins it is like it sounds so yeah cheesy and yeah. fake and like it's just like oh, yeah. I mean, it's almost like he's uh he's trying to sell you a car, you know, just yeah. kind of the yeah. way he talks, the way he like kind of like the way he looks know. at you like. Yeah, then not, well, he'll, not like I've talked to him, but well, he'll like chime in, or he'll he'll uh, you know, if it's a podcast that he's on there with somebody else that's a guest, he'll almost try to tell their story for them, you know, yeah. in a way. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of just they, I don't know. He he tries to he tries to hijack conversations. He's almost a little bit too much of a type A. Like he's f- for that type of role, like. To, to be collecting all this data, sure, and I'm sure he clearly works really hard, but he yeah. just spins it in a way that, unfortunately, I think sometimes delegitimizes claims yeah, like, and delegitimizes stories. When he's been on Rogan, he'll, like, Joe will just ask him a straightforward question, and instead of just answering the question, he has to, like, set it all up and be like, no, this is something that's never been discussed before. Yeah. I'm breaking news to you right here on the Joe Rogan show. I've never answered this question. It's like, just answer the fucking question. Yeah, that's actually a really, like, that's a good impression. Yeah. That's exactly what he does. And it's like, he's doing that probably because he he knows that it's generally illegitimate claims. And so he's, like, saying that as a precursor to try to, like, yeah. legitimize it. But it's actually doing the opposite. Yeah. Like, it's making it, it sound it, cheesy. It, and it's almost making it like you're like this guy's bullshitting then if he's saying mm-hmm. it this much you know yeah for sure like just trust that yeah like clearly everyone thinks that alien like that would be a pretty far out thing right? right like just trust that most people think that way and just answer the question because they already know you don't need to say hey yeah like this is the first time like yeah we whatever you're telling us is gonna be the first time yeah. i've ever heard this you're this is technology <laughs> that doesn't exist you do realize this <laughs> yeah like, yeah we know you <laughs> There's no such thing as a tic tac, or like what you're just flies you're, at eight mi- eight hundred miles an hour and then just drops like a dime. You yeah, know, he's like dis- the the guy that's telling this like passionate, actually storytelling it because he freaking saw the thing, is saying, I saw an actual craft defying gravity. It didn't have friction and all this stuff. And then Jeremy Jeremy is like, well, you know that technology. No shit. It's yeah. like it. We, thanks, we, asshat. Yeah, clearly don't have any of that right now. So thanks, Jeremy. So that's why we don't like him here. Yeah. The episode just So that's be why I'm going to be... The new Jer- version of that, but yes. better. Yeah. This is technology. The new that official spokesman does for UFOs. not exist. There you go. Um, but yeah, that, that video is nuts. It was just it, it the way crazy. it slipped into the ocean like that. I mean, like... And that was from an actual naval craft. Um... And then there was that other one of the it like popping up on the radar way like ten over ten times. Yeah. Well, um, I think I think it was like the same ship that got that triangular one that was like flashing, that yeah. got the one that goes into the water. Okay, I think it was the same ship. Yeah, I can't remember the name either. Um, but I think but it was. They said they spotted like, yeah, like nine or twelve of them. Yeah, yeah on the radar, and they were like yeah. swarming basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really interesting i mean i'm definitely obsessed with it as far as when it comes out like when it becomes present like if you send that video i'm like oh i gotta i want to watch this i'm curious i'm very curious to follow that story as things continue to be become more transparent yeah 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 the all right here's my question and i don't think i'm gonna offend anyone because we don't have any north korean listeners yeah but well, <laughs> we can't have any North Korean no, yeah. listeners. Yeah, exactly. It's impossible. 
It's actually um, impossible. So, like, the whole theory on these things, you know, operating around cruisers, you know, that have missiles and, and weapons on them and, you know, like going over our, our military areas, going over, you know, mm-hmm. the Pentagon or whatever it is, because they feel like we're a threat that we have, like, nukes, well, then why aren't they, like, seen all over the place in unless there's no way to, like, know if they are but like you know how they're, they're saying like military bases will temporarily lose power when there's a sighting or something yeah or that'll like buzz their or uh, buff out their radar yeah. or whatever i don't or, know what the term is but or even the theory that it is alien tech alien life and they're concerned about us why wouldn't they have shut down some of these like tests that they're doing yeah in north korea where they're launching missiles and they say that they can hit san francisco i think yeah no i think i i actually you know i definitely believe that it's real um and it's exciting if it is real that's that's the take i play i know we've talked about this before like if you find out that these are real are you scared or are you like kind of like well yeah everyone's gonna be a little inherently scared but are you more like oh wow this is like insane like this is cool like yeah and i think that's kind of more where i fall like i I honestly do wonder, you know, they say that they've seen it hovering over the ocean mostly and like over these kind of cross shaped shadows in the water. It's like, are they actually like interested in whales for some reason? That's a theory out there. And I know that's, that one's more conspiracy theory sounding, but like, I don't know. Like they've talked about people have done research and found out that orcas are like more, they're capable of more than we are as far as self-awareness and stuff. Yeah. Like they're, it's not to say they're smarter than because how do you define smart? Right. Yeah. Do you define smart as an ability to do a task and like communicate? Because like that's where a human compared to I don't know an orca. It to us it seems so advanced and stuff, but the way that those things communicate with each other and stuff is like yeah. What kind if it's of alien? Like what if it's the whales? Like what if the whales are are in the Tic Tacs? <laughs> little could, baby whales. This whole thing could just be a massive conspiracy. The whales are actually the aliens, and the orcas are so damn pissed that they've been in a freaking tiny tank at SeaWorld for this many years. Now that this is their revenge, this is this is the orcas attacking. It could be <laughs> the sperm whales. I, <laughs> my personal hope is the you know, going back to what I just said, I hope that they are concerned about the fact that we have nuclear weapons and we could like incinerate the earth mm-hmm. and i hope that they do if if it is aliens i hope that they want to police us and make sure that we don't do anything to completely harm our, ourselves yeah like they would be the ultimate universal task force <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah just make sure that these idiots don't yeah kill each other off yeah that that's like a whole th- yeah i mean there you've talked about that before but it's when there was that i don't know those people in africa that saw a ufo and that was the only th- only thing yeah. they remembered was you know save your planet what if that was the case and it was just they're embarking on this planet for a specific task and that is to to calm us down yeah to like <laughs> heal the earth Chill everybody. yeah that's <laughs> just like yeah like, just take a log off the fire like um, everyone can just chill a little earthlings bit. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like just chill out man <laughs> californians yeah well, I mean, the the thing that just kind of like, I don't know, you just wonder, okay, if they're going into the ocean, which it clearly appears that they are, have we actually, like, in those areas that we've seen them submerge, 
Um, I wonder if we're actually investigating those areas, yeah. like deep sea, you know, mm-hmm. with with whatever it is, like a underwater drone or whatever it is that we can take that far down. Yeah. If if any, I would imagine that's that's got to be they have to be doing that if they they have yeah. this footage of that happening. They've so, got to be like going, like trying to say, okay, we saw this, like let's go over there and yeah, find out about it yeah. or whatever. You would you would think that they'd be actually looking into that. I heard, you know, there was a podcast that I listened to where they discussed this, um, and and I want to say it was Russian submarines had had seen something underwater. They were like being swarmed by like eight of these things that were underwater, and, um. I forgot how it happened, but they like went to like kind of chase down the pack of the eight of them. And these things took off at what they estimated on the radar to be 200 and you see the 65 or 95 miles an hour underwater that yeah. they disappeared. So there was no way to like, you can't chase them in a sub. No. The only yeah. way to like to travel that fast for us would be airborne. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're operating on two, two different. Yeah, clearly they Parallel have. Universes. Um, yeah, they well either that or they just have um, that engine technology that Bob Lazar talks about, where it literally creates its own little gravitational field, and therefore there is no yeah, resistance. There's no resistance in water. So then. it's just moving through a plane. At imagine how many dolphins as fast they as it kill, wants. Though? I mean, <laughs> that's gonna be. A, I was gonna say that's gonna be a lot of roadkill. I don't know, like, or does it just beam them out? I don't know. It, it might like I mean, rip, kind of like what well, if you take two ends of a magnet and like yeah or same that, ends of a magnet and that's a good a, oh my gosh that's what it does yeah it would so I mean, it, like before the the vehicle or the UFO or whatever comes into contact with them these creatures are just like bent off out of the wake like the oncoming wake of it maybe they don't even feel it they just feel yeah. like a little like uh you know when you are driving on a uh, up and down road and you get that little butterfly in your stomach yeah and maybe they just like they just feel that and they're <laughs> they're like oh yeah now I'm, and they probably don't even notice i mean if you're yeah. in the middle of the ocean this is podcast gold yeah i mean what, if like you, <laughs> that's a thing just like I, I don't know like why would they be this hidden if they if the, going back to the whole saving the planet thing what are they doing under the water then? Like they're, they're trying to, that's the, the only place to hide. We can why would they, why would they be wanting to hide though? That's the, yeah, that's I the think thing. because they, I feel like maybe there's, there's knowledge that it, I mean, I think this would be the case and people have said this before. If they were to just suddenly, if defense, um, you know, department of defense and the Pen- wherever the Pentagon says like, this is real, whatever too fast without, building up like the world would just like their mission if their mission is to save the planet by revealing themselves in their truest form would almost like compromise the mission you know like yeah the oh, world would people would just start bombing each other well i don't know it'd be nuts like because it's like oh yeah we're i don't know thing crazy things would happen we might be on the verge of learning more though because i want to say um before trump left office he put in a um like a request that had to be like published everything that we know about ufos or you know Mm -hmm. unidentified you know whatever aerial phenomenon whatever you want to call it but i think it had to be released by six months Mm. so he left office what the 23rd of 
somewhere in January, January yeah. or something like that. So like yeah, 20, it would 23rd. Be, so it's coming up on that date. So maybe some more information. I mean, it, it has been a trend that it's been trickling out in seemingly more um, interesting or more detailed ways. I mean, this one of it going actually in the water, that was something that um, Commander Fravor described yeah. mm -hmm. in his story. But to have video of it now. Like, yeah, and it does like. But th see again that the magnetic thing because you do see a splash when that thing goes in the water. It's not a and splash you, though. It's like a the water just like, like it's like if you were to push a golf ball yeah, into like not, a thing yeah. of jello, like the jello would like come up around it a little bit, right? And kind of like engulf it down. Like you like, think about the splash that like if compare that thing to the size of a school bus. You dropped a school bus in from five feet above the ocean. There'd be a a big old splash. Yeah. So it, like. The fact that it, if it does have its own gravitational field, it would be interacting in an opposite way from what the Earth's would, gravitation would. And so it would like have it would to be push pulling the gravity water. out of the way. Right? Yeah, it would be pulling the water with it or something. I don't know what it would mm. do, really. But there would be... I, create a water vertex. Yeah. Like, would, it, would there be any interaction at all with... Or would it just literally move through our world without... I mean, if there's no friction, I don't know. I don't know how it could even move the water. If there's no friction, it would just right down, just like a. I don't even know what to say. I'm almost <laughs> as mind bent as you were, as yeah. I was when, in the break when you were talking about how they use these warehouses to yeah. house computers to mine for freaking Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, you can get down rabbit holes for sure. Yeah, but one other thing I wanted ch changing gears on a um, less mind bending, but still cool space topic is we we got to talk more about the annular eclipse because john in yeah. our inter, in our fantastic interview unfortunately didn't get to see the annular because he was very far away from the path we were in the partial part of it and then in kind of north central canada they were in the totality of seeing that ring of fire of course the moon fully eclipsing the sun but in a manner that's not perfect it's not exactly yeah. perfect so you're going to get a little bit of sun on the outside you still need your eclipse glasses throughout the whole thing yeah um, uh, our, our good friend Brady, as we mentioned in the interview, took some amazing photos of what was, I think we were something like 67% here yeah, or something. And was, then up there it was like, it were in the seventies. Yeah. I, th I think we were about in like 55% is what so, we were yeah, at. A little, yeah. a little more than half partial. Yeah. I think up in Mackinac, it was a little bit more cause it kind of started to extend up there. So they didn't get to see the full ring of fire totality, but they got an amazing picture of what was the partial eclipse, something that we've seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I kind of had to remember. It was like, you see these amazing photos from yesterday. And I was like, well, we actually did get to see this. Yeah. It was just in, it was building towards a total solar yeah. rather than an annular. But the way that the photo was taken and the way the just the size of the sun in, you know, sometimes it just looks, or not the sun, sorry, the moon looked bigger yeah. than it did when we saw it. Yeah. So the photo uh, was up at Mackinac Bridge and just super cool, like massive, really aggressive crescent of the sun being eclipsed by the moon in eventually getting towards a, a totality moment. That should be a new license plate for our state. You know, they have the Mackinac Bridge. Yeah, that would be cool. Like do one like that where it's like the yeah eclipse yeah. going behind and it. Yeah, there's, there's like a group of them. Um, Brady's one of these talented photographers that a lot they all are kind of like a part of i would call it a cohort really they're all 
of course, I'm sure they all have their own businesses and they're all looking to take their own photos, but they're all collaborating as well. So they, he and this, it's uh, Trevor Malman and there, there's a few other guys um, that Tom Cross is another one. They all take photos of, you know, SpaceX launches and stuff, but then they, you know, apparently all decided that they were going to go to Mackinac yeah. and do this because Brady and Tre- Trevor and all, they all had kind of the same photo. Uh, there's nice tweaks to it. Brady's has a seagull in the bridge photo which is yep. cool like it just yeah. adds perspective to it which i think was really neat so i reached out to him and he got back to us and yeah um it was a great photo super cool i i wish that we like i said in the interview a little bit more um preparation like as far as getting out so that would be cool because it yeah. really i mean if you got up into northern ontario you would have had a good a good view yeah you yeah. would have had a great view and we could we could have tried to like plan i don't know like a fishing trip or so i don't know something around it you know but yeah. i i didn't really, you know annular eclipses aren't quite it's not the f- the full thing as far as a total solar yeah still although from what i've heard is people that are eclipse chasers and they've seen totality a whole bunch full totality then sometimes they're actually after that type of eclipse because it's just something they haven't seen yet and you get these really crazy photos yeah. with the solar filter with the ring of fire like that and yeah i think it still gets decently dark obviously uh mm-hmm. with, with an annular totality yeah it would uh, the, as it does with like the complete totality i think mm-hmm. it i think it uh depends on you know how far away the moon one. is but i we'd have to look back but i think we had one when i was in grade school so i remember one day being out on the playground and they had eclipse glasses for us yeah. to like pass around and i mean they let us outside and it wasn't totality but it was like this really weird hazy sky um and i want to say that was an annular eclipse i think i think i think there was one that was annular yeah yeah i mean i i I wish i could see that in totality i'll we'll have to see when the next one is because that would be really cool just kind of like how we did for the lunar eclipse the total lunar eclipse uh, a couple years ago full full uh solar eclipse totality though that takes nothing like it i mean that's the that's the uh, the the best of the best and there's nothing quite like it yeah john even said that too yeah know? oh yeah he's, he's like he's a chaser for sure just like is. we are he's like you know the people uh people were in town were you know they saw just the partial he's like that's nothing like actually seeing the full thing yeah but, yeah i didn't realize he was on the edge of the eclipse too he mentioned yeah yeah but, yeah he said 40 seconds of totality yeah yeah but it yeah, that would be a cool pers- perspective. I mean, I would want the most time in totality as I could get, mm-hmm. but that would be a really cool perspective, like he talked about, where it's like dark in front of you, but then beyond you there is sun. Yeah, you almost get a better sense for what is actually being projected onto the Earth, which is the moon's shadow. Yeah, if you're on the edge, you can kind of see it move through. You're like, shit, this is a f- just it's crazy. It's a massive shadow, just like we talked about with like shining a light on an object and then projecting that object shadow on the wall. Like that's what's happening. Yeah. But just on this like celestial scale, it's, yeah. it, that's what's yeah. nuts about it. Like when you're, you're just standing in massive shadow, yeah. um, to be at the edge would be interesting for sure. But I will, like you said, I'd gladly take in the case of 2017, I'm glad we got the extra two minutes, you know? Oh yeah. You do get a little bit of that though, obviously mm-hmm. towards the end of totality or even at the very beginning, yeah, um, I guess you. Yeah, so you, you get kind of get, kinda get the yeah. edge a little bit because there was that that at one point where you, you know you could definitely see the shadow um, was you know getting less and less when we were towards the end of our two minutes in yeah. 2017. So that was kind of cool because you you 
you pretty much could almost sense the shadow moving at that point but you know yeah yeah and it's it's cool to think like that that shadow's just moving like it obviously was up in salem oregon that was the first contact in the u.s we're kind of in the area john was and then so they saw it and then a couple hours later you know carbondale illinois saw it and then like a little bit later we saw it it reminds me of like the wave at like a like college football game i remember watching (laughs) it on the news that day and like you know all the news outlets reporting all day long of like tracking it where it's passing at that point and it was like it was cool to see because you you kept seeing people's reaction over Mm -hmm. and over in different areas they're all getting the first glimpse at totality and yeah yeah. ours was oh my god yeah we're we're, uh ben from texas yeah our friend yeah maybe down there that'd be it'd be cool to get back into contact with him i don't really know how we would because i don't have I mean, yeah. anything to get in contact with him, but I think he lived in Houston. <laughs> it might be hard to do then. Yeah. Ben oh, from Houston. All I've got is a video of him going, oh my God, that looks amazing. We need to get in contact with him, stay with him for yeah. 2024. Yeah. yeah he, I think he lived in Houston at the time. That, the, the, that dude was a, a chaser. Like he literally, I mean, granted he was last minute, so he wasn't a full chaser because he would have planned it out big time. But he has the potential to be a massive chaser in his heart because he yeah. on the like the day before the eclipse told his wife and like baby like his young kid that he's like i'm going to hopkinsville i gotta go and he just drove like yeah. he just like drove through the night it's crazy it's like interesting <laughs> awesome. that he just ended up in the same affordable dentures parking lot that we did though and he was early too it was like fate. Uh, as, he was early. As fate would have it. He I was remember, like one of the earliest ones I remember there. We were there at like 8 o'clock. As and then, fate would have it, Benjamin rolled into the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the affordable dentures in Hopkinsville, Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Yeah. He, the thing, I remember when his car pulled up, though, we had kind of st- stationed our camp there. And because we went down further down the road and it was packed already. Like that was one of the yeah. um, more official viewing spots, like on the Hopkinsville website. Yeah. This was definitely off the beaten path from that and i remember thinking like cool we've we're like prime like there's no one around us we're this is a dream come true and then he pulled in and i was like oh shit like people are starting to figure it out you know and then it was he was super cool (laughs) and and by the end of it there was a decent amount of people in there but we had staked our claim you know yeah and the crazy yeah we talked this is my turf yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. we we were actually following the shadow of the sign it was so hot we were following the shadow of that sign that was in the grass kept moving my chair a little by little ourselves in the shade yeah because it was so blasted hot like that early in the morning too that damn sign saved my life (laughs) i i credit my life to that son Matthew would have perished that day had it not been for that sign. He would have and been to crisp. Matt made a tinfoil hat, I actually. Yeah, I was just that sticking morning. around. <clears throat> we, I, we, we stopped at the uh, Dick's Drive-In yeah. bar. Shout out. Shout out. And uh, we got ourselves a uh, case of Coors Light and uh, some free koozies. Yep. Went, went to the affordable dentures and we were drinking Coors Light. And Matt made himself a tinfoil hat. I did. And I think that was <laughs> a right around... Fucking brilliant move for that day. <laughs> well, because the, the at the same time as totality, there was a local group that um, lives in Hopkinsville and has for a long time that decided to piggyback off of the um, popularity of totality, 
and they actually it might have been in existence before but somehow maybe by coincidence maybe not it um is that the tinfoil hat photo yeah (laughs) so they had aligned the dates though like the day of totality was the little green men festival in hopkinsville kentucky i just (laughs) i'm sorry i just picture like some tourist from like wherever usa in their their minivan or their camper driving by the the denture place and you with your tinfoil <laughs> on your head and some little kid saying daddy yeah. why does that guy have tinfoil <laughs> and have him having to explain something all because you were doing a joke yeah for sure so this is just a photo i took through race chasers um telescope during like the start of the holy the eclipse yeah but this is a, basically what we got um you know yesterday yesterday yeah uh for just the annular yeah that's yep. i think that's the max but we i mean honestly i got up at 6 a.m mm-hmm. and I, I mean the sun like where i'm at i'm not in really high ground here so it's been so humid here too though it was yeah it was kind of thicker like, air yeah. about 6 six thirty or so i actually could see it and i had my eclipse glasses on in the, nice in the uh in the, the little parking lot here and i saw just a i mean it was just a hair you could tell but mm-hmm. a lower left hand corner but still something yeah for sure yeah it's awesome if you happen to have eclipse uh sorry annular eclipse photos send them our way there was somebody i didn't know um th- this is just kind of a moment i think for us as a growing podcast and enjoying this as we go there was someone that i didn't know um i i don't think you guys know either um that commented and pointed us towards uh, a really cool photo like kind of gave us a recommendation on a comment on our instagram mm-hmm. that was kind of cool i was like oh yeah people outside of the people we talk to like listen <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, oh wow we're good yeah. we can do this <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can yes we can we can it's uh yeah it's fun you just kind of roll with it but that's probably a good place to wrap this one up uh episode 45 if you uh, want to give us a shout or a review on Apple Podcasts, if you like what we're doing and kind of like our direction and whatnot, give us a review there. That's kind of the main outlet. Obviously, you can listen to us on any podcasting platform. We uh, boost it out to all of them, but the Apple one, if I think, you is don't like us. We don't care. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, you it, go it, kick rocks. Yeah, go kick rocks. Go dig me a hole, son. <laughs> um, but on social media at Eclipse on Tap for instagram and twitter and then uh check us out on our website too eclipseontap.space that is one where you can also listen to the episodes if you prefer to just listen to it straight up rather than on a podcasting platform so yeah we're uh, looking forward to episode 46 in the month of july it's probably going to be hotter we're getting up there and we got we got a lot of uh, potential guests coming up. We do. Yep. Yeah. So I hope everybody enjoyed the interview with John Harris. Again, thank you so much to him and to Colette Becker for, for helping set that up um, for our second chat with him and learning about what's going on over in Portland, Oregon at Ecliptic, one of our favorites, um, just the best, um, best beer, great people. They, I mean, clearly have amazing food. We've yet to try it ourselves and uh, clearly, you know, we discussed that with him getting out there that's a a mission of ours but um just so gracious so big cheers to him and his team don't forget about the crawlers (laughs) yeah i'm looking forward to those but it'll be good episode 46 coming at you in about a month yep so suddenly we're into summer so we'll see you next time cheers
Cheers. Cheers.